Boom. Okay. And it's Porsche, correct? Porsche, yep. Perfect. All righty. Richardson. Richardson, yep. Okay. All right. Welcome to the C Simple Podcast. We focus on providing simple solutions in the classroom. I have my sister, Porsche, Portia Richardson. I'm going to do that over again. <laughs> Welcome to C Simple Podcast. We focus on providing simple solutions in the classroom. I got my sister, Portia, with me. Portia Richardson, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and, to, and I tune into your podcast. So thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. <laughs> Absolutely. Portia is the healer, the whole dealer. And as you can tell, she has all this energy that is just radiating off of her that when you see her, you want to learn, you want to ask questions, she's your leader. You want to make sure that your leader is good because she's going to take care of you. Um, Portia, she is a uh, culturally responsive curriculum developer. She specializes in social emotional learning. And then real quickly, what is social emotional learning? What is that? So social and emotional learning is the process by which we teach students um, self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Um, it is the cultural development and emotional intelligence skills that we've been doing for years and years and years on end. And now we finally have something um, that the research says we can call it social emotional learning. But if you think about cultural uh, character development and emotional intelligence, um, those things encompasses social emotional learning. And more recently, we have been more intentional about including diversity, equity, and inclusion in um, social emotional learning as well. Portia Richardson coming through already. You already know she's yes. experts. Y'all love You're it. right. Poetic <laughs> justice braids or the, you know, I think I messed that up. You got the the the, the cornrows. I'm, I'm messing up the movie, but they look great. It's just, it's, it's real black over here. Real, real, real black. Real, real black. Okay. <laughs> so, so. Unapologetically. So, no, absolutely, absolutely. So. Being a consultant, right, you're giving advice and you have to have a type of confidence. So we're going to get a teacher tip of the week. And I'm going to just be honest with you. You know, I'm a team leader. I've been a team leader for about four years, but I've been a teacher for about six years. And I can honestly tell you, when I'm giving advice to my teachers, it is not with confidence. I am super, super scared. I'm like, yeah, maybe if you try this, uh, it'd probably not work for you, but it did work for me, you know? And I'm just like, yo... I don't have that confidence, but when I see you, I see so many other uh, people that are giving consultation and advice, you know, how, how do you have that confidence? And then what is your teacher tip of the week? All right. So two things. First thing I'm going to start with is confidence. For me, I know that I was a great teacher. Like I was an absolutely amazing teacher. Nobody could come in my classroom and tell me how to run my classroom because I was an amazing teacher. I had amazing students. Um, I taught in some of the most, what the world would think is challenging environment. So I am in, I was an alternative educator. Um, I was a BES teacher, so behavior education support as a special education self-contained um, educator as well. So I taught in those um, spaces. And the one thing that I always, and I know it seems so simplistic, but it was all of, always about love and respect for me with my students. I loved my students. I respected my students as humans, as individuals, not as numbers, not as statistics. I respected them as individuals for who they were. And I believe that that was my superpower in the classroom. And because of that, 
I was able to push my students to heights that they did not or could not even imagine for themselves. And because of that, I have developed that confidence. Like I knew that God had gifted me um, with the ability to teach. I knew that God had gifted me with the ability to teach not just any student, but the students who were pushed out, who were often counted out, and who were often misrepresented in our education system. So that has given me confidence alone. And I just know who I am. Like, I am just unapologetically who I am. I've worked really hard to get to where I am. I know what I bring. I know my capacity. And I know my stuff. I've done a lot of research. And I've also lived it. I think that is the biggest aspect um, that we don't realize sometimes as teachers. We have so many consultants coming in our spaces. And um, we don't even realize that a lot of them do not have classroom experience um, that we have. They just have great business degrees and business backgrounds. And they know how to pitch their butts off. And they know marketing. But um, we have the actual experience, which gives us the expertise. <laughs> she said, I'm separating from the fakes. <laughs> oh yeah, just, just know that like that is how I'm coming every day. It's always with my teacher hat on, no matter you know where. I'm never too far removed from my classroom background, and that's what should always give us the confidence: is that we are on the front lines, we are working with the students, we know what's best for our students, and we have done the work, so we know what works. What tip would you give the teachers you know that are struggling with that confidence during COVID? I would honestly, um, one of the things that I am really pushing teachers to do is to really show up for yourself. And I know that that is not a traditional teacher tip because we're always giving teachers tips and strategies for best practices and how to support students and how to push students to the next level. But I am challenging student, um, our teachers to take a step back in this season and to really focus on your own um, just personal development and growth yeah. and that is a new skill that you're looking to learn look for a pd or a training around that skill if you are struggling mentally you know figure out some support groups that you can become a part of or you know one thing that definitely worked for me was therapy and that was one of the things that encouraged and let me know that it was time for me to leave the classroom because that was the politics of education was a huge source of my stress and anxiety. And so I definitely encourage educators to begin to think about some of the things that you need as an individual and um, decide how you're going to show up for yourself. Join the group, get a therapist, get some professional development outside of your, your teaching framework. But what is it that you want to do for you? I think that is something that we are often not um, given the time, the space, and the opportunity to do. Yeah, that reflection, that reflection piece is really important because if mm -hmm. we reflect on, you know, what's going on, reflect on what we want, then we can take action. Absolutely. And uh, I'm reflecting on when I was a kid, you know, I had a terrible science teacher. I remember I was getting bullied and it happened actually outside of school, but because my teacher wasn't connected with us culturally, he was never able to know that that was an issue, but also helped me like science, you know? Mm -hmm. The science was this whack class, and I just was like, oh my gosh. And after experiencing those two experiences, I never liked science, and I was scared of bullies. 
Wow. And I had Mr. Carter, you know, when I was in uh, college, this brother, he was from Chicago. Carter, ca Carter, you hear that word, you're like, oh yeah, this dude's smooth. He got the little car, the little red Carvette picture <laughs> in the back. I'm like, oh yeah, man, I want to be like this dude, you know? And I see him, he's an educator, he's teaching. I'm like, okay, I want to be that. What, what, what were some of your, you know, bad and positive experiences growing up, you know, that kind of led you to be, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this probably led you to get to where you are right now, because a lot of them helped me become a teacher. Absolutely. Um, that, I think, would, would lead to a second tip that I have for teachers, is to get to know your students beyond the walls of your classroom. Mm. Um, I remember one of my teachers, Mr. Hunt, he was a social studies teacher and he was definitely really hard on us. Um, I was a great student. I made really good grades, but I had a nasty attitude. And I would definitely tell my teachers about themselves. Like if they were wrong, I would call them out in front of all the other students. And I really had no filter and I had to grow and develop in order to have a filter and to understand how to socialize and how to effectively communicate and share how I'm feeling. Um, all of that led to Mr. Hunt having multiple home visits um, and, you know, being in having at the dinner, ending up at the dinner table with my family, having conversations with my mom. Um, I remember, you know, just I was really frustrated in those moments, but it really gave him the opportunity to understand the method to my madness. When he sat at the dinner table and my mom shared with him that my father had been in and out of prison and that we had been going an hour away to visit him behind a glass wall and how my father was on um, crack cocaine for 45 years. Like all of those things is what Mr. Hunt was able to find out when he stepped out of his comfort zone, when he stepped out of the four walls of the classroom and really sat down at the dinner table with my family. And I'm not saying that every teacher is gonna go into a student's home and do a home visit and step outside, but if it's going to a sports team, um, sports game, if it's attending some type of extracurricular activities, even if it's in the school with your student and observing them in that environment, if it's being intentional about making phone calls, not just when a student is doing something bad or when they're misbehaving, but really checking in with families just to say, hey, hello, teach me more about or tell me more about your child, or even attending a religious service, you know, going to a church service with a student or going to a performance that they're doing outside of school, but thinking of ways to connect with students beyond the academics, I think is super critical, especially right now, as our students are navigating so many challenges and those challenges, challenges have escalated um, with the rise of COVID and the virtual learning and all of these shifts and adjustments that we've had to make. Woo, 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 woo. I got Dr. I mean, Miss Richardson, you got the <laughs> Cause come on, man, you dropping so many gems. Absolutely. Right. It's and, so necessary. Yeah. And so, so how does social emotional learning fit into that story and what you just said? Like, you know, how does that, because you said before we started recording, you know, it's kind of new, you know, we had to give it a name. We had to get the data to support the claim. Um, and generally when we talk about this, a lot of teachers look at this as extra work, you mm -hmm. know, or just mm -hmm. another acronym that we have to learn and apply so we can do well in our observations. But it's bigger than that, right? It's, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a mindset. So, so how do we, you know, so how do we fit social, what, 
So what, so what can social emotional learning do to a highly effective teacher, right? A teacher who got the scores, right? They, they're getting good grades. And generally, if they're probably doing that, they're probably doing the stuff that you're probably going to already say. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what, what can social emotional adapting, to, what, what, can a, what can social emotional learning do for a teacher? Um, what, what, can that, what type of possibilities could that bring? Oh my goodness. I mean, the possibilities are definitely endless. And I'm constantly having these conversations as well with educators about like social emotional learning being another thing. It's not. It is literally what we do. It's not new. Social emotional learning is not something new. It is emotional intelligence. It is life skills. It is character development. It is all of those things combined. Okay. So we've been doing it. A lot of us have been doing it for ages, not just in our classrooms, but with our own kids. But the biggest thing is, yes, I'm a curriculum developer. I have a explicit um, social emotional learning curriculum where you can pull lessons and actually teach the skills. However, when you are doing that project um, and you are, let's say it's Black History Month, a lot of educators are learning and teaching their students about Black um, figures. When you are reading those biographies, when you're reading those stories, pull out some of the challenges that those individuals had to overcome. How did they overcome those challenges? Reflect on the emotional side of their growth. Like what did they, what did Malcolm X and Martin Luther King have to go through emotionally? in order to um, create and influence change in our society. What did they, what were their conflict resolution strategies? How did Malcolm X solve conflict? How did Martin Luther King solve conflict, right? What was, what was the, what, can you predict the emotional, the emotions behind Rosa Parks, Parks when she sat on that bus, right? And she did not get up. What were some of the emotional aspects of that? What was the, right? So all of these things, all of these things, when you are having conversations with your students about grades, setting SMART goals, that is self-management. Giving students the opportunity to think about their short and long-term goals, not just academic goals, but have them set personal goals alongside the academic goals and teach them how to create smart goals. Identity, who are you, right? Because it starts with the educator. And I think that's where a lot of these issues come into play when we talk about equity, diversity, and inclusion. A lot of our, our educators are not honing their SEL competence, right? A lot of our educators are not reflecting upon the bias, the implicit and explicit bias that they bring into the classroom spaces and how their backgrounds impact how they show up to students. So think about your own identity, think about your own experience, your own background, and how those things shape how you show up in the classroom and then provide space for your students to share their identity, their background, their culture, and how it impacts how they show up to the world. All of those things are social emotional learning. If you are designing or developing a lesson plan or a project, think about the five SEL competencies and how you can embed those competencies into your lesson so that you do not feel like SEL is just this other thing. That, that is just the, that's the, it's, it's not, it's not um, complex math at all. And real briefly, could you give us the five real quick, one more time? Right, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, right? So when we think about social awareness, I know that one is really, really broad, but um, empathy, right? Teaching your students empathy, diversity, respect for other cultures, 
We think about um, self-awareness. What are their strengths? What are their areas of growth? We think about self-management. I'm, I'm going back. I'm sorry. Self-awareness, self-management, <laughs> self-awareness. Uh, but I wanted to give a breakdown. When we think yeah, about yeah, uh, yeah. self-management, it's goal setting. It's managing your emotions, understanding your triggers, right? The, the fourth one is responsible decision-making. How do you make responsible decisions? Think about critical thinking skills. How are you teaching those critical thinking skills that goes into responsible decision-making? How does your background play into the decisions that you make, right? And yeah. then the last one is relationship skills. Give your students opportunities to engage in discussion and to build relationships. I used to do a lot of Socratic seminars. I was the Socratic seminar guru because it was so amazing how you could take a test and you could give the students the opportunity to reflect upon that text in a Socratic circle. And um, they would dissect that text. They would dissect the characters and their experiences. That is a great, great opportunity for you to build in some of the social emotional learning skills alongside literature and um, informational, informational and literary text. Yeah, so I'm hearing, you know, this builds student agency, you know, which allows you to give students opportunity to build intrinsic motivation mm -hmm. allows them to become independent learners which is what we want right um yep. you get them to do those rigorous tasks but that that emotional that relationship piece is so important i remember my first year as a teacher yo my identity i didn't know it you know i was a black man in detroit i'm in the roughest part of detroit i'm just following whatever my other brother that looks like me from detroit and he's a teacher doing so he's like, Calvin, yeah, when he act like that, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta give it to him, you know? And whenever I would do that, I would get in trouble because it didn't match, right? The, mm -hmm. the kids didn't respond, you know, the way that they did to Mr. Mathis, you know? And so I, that, that identity piece was really important for me to, first of all, I had to figure out my identity so kids can know that I'm not an op. <laughs> right. You know, so they can be they like- They will call you out. <laughs> through the BS mm -hmm. you know but then I think also and this is one thing I love about teaching is that teaching is not a three-year job bro it's not a two-year job it's not a four-year it can be but I feel like the longer you're in it the better you become if you're really reflective and you really get to get the fruits of your labor later on because I'm learning in my sixth year now that I am a peace I'm, I am a peace guru I am zen out I love yoga so I'm asking you like yo how you doing good morning I want to I want to engage and see how you're feeling before I talk to you about this black body radiation, because this might be a little bit intimidating, you mm -hmm, know, but, mm -hmm. but I want to make sure that you're good, that you feel in love, you feel in welcome. And honestly, the pandemic taught me that. What were some of your like moments where you were kind of not doing the social emotional learning compared to where you learned that now? So as a teacher, as an educator, you know, what were the polar opposites like? So for me, I honestly have always done social emotional learning. And I believe that that stemmed from my personal background. You know, I thought about the teachers like Mr. Hunt. I thought about the teachers like Ms. Docal, who was really hard on us, you know, who came to the house, who called the house, who built those strong relationships yeah. with families. Um, and so before I stepped my foot in the classroom, I remembered what I needed as a student. And I tried my very best to show up for my students in that way, based on what I felt I needed. The conversations that really stood out for me were not the ones that were really academic. It was, it was, the, it was the conversations that said, hey, how you doing? 
how you feeling today? When I walked into the classroom, when I felt, felt welcomed, when I, the teacher who gave me a hug or a high five, the teacher who I stayed, allowed me to stay after school and help them and gave me a leadership role. Those were the things that I remember. So I always was very conscious of taking those things into the classroom. One of the things I will say is that I do provide not just curriculum um, to schools and organizations, but I also facilitate a lot of um, professional development. And one of the biggest challenges that I have seen recently with some of the teachers I've had the pleasure of working with was that um, you, you, you talked about like cultural, cultural background and identity and how all of that thing, all of that influences your relationships with students and your ability to engage students. I think that um, sometimes when we're talking about, um, I taught for 10 years in predominantly black schools. And sometimes we talk about individuals who are of a, a different cultural background, who may be teaching in these types of environments, they um, work really hard to assimilate into the culture. They are like, let me listen to this music that the students are listening to, and let me talk this lingo that the students are talking, and let me just do all of the things that my students would do to make myself relatable. Well, now we get to tap into not just self-awareness as a social emotional learning skill for the educator, but also social awareness yeah. as a skill for the students. Yes, Learn your students' culture, learn their identity, their background, the things that are important to them, and add that extra seasoning and that flavor on your lesson, but be intentional about also exposing students to your culture, to your background. If you listen to country music and most of your students like hip-hop, play a little country music in the classroom and give them that exposure. Share a little bit about who you are, about your background, about your family, because a lot of our kids, especially children who have been exposed to trauma, they have trust issues they're not like you already look different and so there's always already this you know this barrier right this barrier of trust a lot of our kids can't have parents unfortunately who may have let them down and they may not be able to trust or members of their community who they may not be able to trust so now you're talking about a teacher who's coming in the classroom to teach me and you look different, you're from a different background, like I need to get to know you. I need to know the challenges you've overcome. I need to know that your life was not a crystal stair. I need to know why you're here because you can't be here just to, to save me because our kids don't need to be saved, right? So uh, I, I need to know all of that. So that would be my, my other advice is that, you know, be intentional about um, finding ways to hook your students in to engage your students based on what is culturally relevant to them, but also tap into social awareness and provide opportunities for them to be exposed to things that are different um, outside of their normal comfort zone or their environment, which may be things about you and your personal background. Portia Richardson, she's a mother, she's a former SPED teacher, she has three degrees, two BAs, and one in criminal justice, right? So, no, excuse me, two BAs in SPED ed. So one, one BA and two masters. Okay, excuse me. All right, one BA and two masters. Yeah. Two masters in. Uh, one master's in public policy, so education policy specifically, and juvenile justice policy. Um, and the second is in special education. And were both of those at Drexel? No. So, uh, the special education program was at George Mason. And the political science was at Drexel. Got it, got it. Okay, so you you know you got the Philly cheesesteak in Philly, and then you got 
the the North Virginia <laughs> Jordan George Mason was that when George Mason went to the Final Four or no? Oh, see, I'm not into sports, so I wouldn't know. Um, I literally went to George Mason um, because it was close to my home, and they had a really good education um, program. I was also in Teach for America, so they had a partnership with TFA. So um, I know TFA don't always get a good rep, but I taught for 10 years, and I went through TFA because I know they, they often don't get a good rep because teachers um, leave the classroom after a couple years. I put in 10 good years, and I have a TFA background. So shout out to TFA for that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I love this. I really hope, you know, um, people really get a lot from the podcast. What do you want people to get from the podcast? I want people to understand um, that you are the expert you have the confidence, you have done the work, you have been on the front lines, um, you know, you know what to do. I think uh, as educators, I'm really pushing us because I, I, I don't, you know, count myself out of the, the tribe of educators. Um, really hone your talent and your skills. And um, I know that Calvin said earlier, like that some of the things that I'm doing is like, um, become teacherpreneurs or entrepreneurs. And um, that is one of the things I'm pushing us to do. We have all of these skill sets, all of these talents, all of this knowledge. We reinvent the wheel over and over again. We create our own lesson plans. The days of textbooks are, are over. Most of us are making worksheets. We're making unit plans from scratch. We're making like, we're just doing it all. We're on Canva, spicing up all of these documents and presentations. It's time to increase our impact and our income because we know that teachers are not compensated enough for what we do. And um, there is another teacher next door, next in the next building or in the next town over or the next country who needs what you have to offer. And there is a student who needs what you have to offer. So you're not just increasing your income, you're also able to increase your impact just by using the skills and the tools that you have already developed for your students. So it's time to really think about that. I do have, I don't know if you're gonna share my um, social media, but I do have some links in my bio to some resources that I've created on um, some top five things that teachers can do today to start a business and make some passive income. I have a bunch of resources in my um, links in my bio. I also have an ebook that is called Virtually Resilient, and it provides strategies and activities that teachers can use to increase social emotional um, development in the virtual classroom setting. So especially if you are in a virtual setting, that resource would be amazing for you. It's only $10, because um, I try to make everything really affordable for educators and accessible to educators. And that's the simplicity, y'all. Got my sister, Portia Richardson, coming through. She wants you to increase your impact and increase your money. So please, please, please come through. And Portia, where can they find you? And repeat everything you just said again, because I was going to actually ask you about the social media stuff. But you got <laughs> Go ahead. Where can they find you? What other amazing stuff you got going on? I heard you got an ebook. What's going on? Okay, so a couple things. So um, one... I am a social emotional learning curriculum developer. So if you are a in a middle and high school, currently our curriculum is only offered to middle and high schools. However, we do offer training and professional development across the K to, uh, through 12 schools. So if you are interested in so culturally responsive beyond the buzzwords, 
social emotional learning curriculum that um, includes mindfulness, restorative justice, social justice, parent engagement, um, all of that in one resource. Um, hit me up about the Tumani Way. Um, it includes student workbooks, instructor's guides, interactive activities, um, training, all the good stuff. You can contact, um, our, you can go on our website, Tumani DC, T-U-M-A-I-N-I-D-C.org. Um, Tumani means hope in Swahili, because people are always like, what is Tumani? Tumani means hope in Swahili. Um, and so that, the SEO curriculum, if you're interested in professional development, hit me up. Um, my email address is Portia Richardson at tumanidc.org. So get in contact with me that way. And if you are a teacher who's interested in our ebook, um, Virtually Resilient, it includes 30 activities and strategies for implementing social emotional learning in the virtual classroom. And last but not least, I know you wanted me to share this amazing partnership. So y'all real quick, I was on Clubhouse um, January 6th and um, I was just really playing around in a room with Grant Cardone, um, all of these sharks, it was like a shark tank room. And they were really looking for businesses to invest in, but I'm always gonna shoot my shot just because again, remember confidence, I know who I am, I know whose I am, I know what I bring. So my husband was like, Portia, yo, they're really looking for businesses. And I was like, no, I don't care, but I'm a nonprofit and I'm still gonna pitch. And so I raised my head. It was a room of like, probably like 4,000 people. I don't know, it was like huge. Their rooms are always always huge. So they ended up bringing me to the stage. I was so surprised and I pitched to Monty DC. I shared with them our impact and how we transformed um, schools and community-based organizations. We expanded our impact across um, 10,000 students last year and how we are looking to grow and expand our social emotional learning curriculum so that it is accessible to more students and organizations. Um, and so Grant Cardone, um, he offered, um, he made a, a huge gift to our organization and he also extended a partnership with the Grant Cardone Foundation. And so now we are not only able to offer social emotional learning program, we also offer his signature financial literacy course. That is transformational for our communities, especially um, those in marginalized communities. We can offer this financial literacy course by Grant Cardone to students and their families. That is huge. That is so transformational. There were also um, the Clever Investor, Dan Fleshman. Um, there were several others in that clubhouse room that gave us um, a bunch of in-kind donations. Ten, we, we got a grant for 10,000 computers. We also um, got a grant for uh, licenses and access to a few courses um, for our staff. So we wrapped up over a million dollars in resources, uh, monetary and in-kind resources for our organization. So I say that to say, be confident, know your stuff, know your impact. You were chosen for this work. You are the best person for this work. You are the best teacher for your students. And um, yeah, shoot your shot. Never be afraid to shoot your shot because you never know where it will land. <laughs> I, will, I will just leave with that. Thank you so much, Portia. I got so much gems on the floor. I got gems falling off my pocket. <laughs> Thank you so much for blessing the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
My name is Calvin Nellum. I'm a robotics teacher, a student advocate, motivator, educator, but most importantly, I'm all about providing access and equal opportunities for my people. And I think education is that route. I teach in Detroit because it gives me opportunity to be a motivator, educator, and advocate to provide equal opportunities for young people. What motivated me to become a teacher was honestly just following my passion. I love science, I love scholars, I love kids. And I really think, you know, me putting that together, teaching, you know, really was that path. And so that's why I became a teacher. Educate, grow, elevate. To learn more, visit teach313.org.